Welcome to the Cabin Cast. Your getaway primer. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Eric? Good. How are you, Kristen? Good. Happy Cabin Cast Day. Happy Cabin Cast Day. So happy Friday. Well, not everybody listens on Friday. We air on Fridays, but people can listen any day they want, any time of the day. Absolutely. Our episodes don't ever go away. They can listen to them in any order, anytime. Absolutely. And I'm so excited for our guest that we had on today. Now, this was a phone call, kind of a social distancing type of interview. And we interviewed a photographer who travels around the country photographing cabins in all kinds of settings for folks that have Airbnb rental getaways and you know, just cabins they want to photograph in general. He's also done some amazing photo shoots for some big name companies. Um, I'll kind of read through them. Companies like Honda, Adobe Creative Cloud, Maker's Mark, just to name a couple. And we wanted to play just to kind of set the mood a little bit. This is from Bennett. His name's Bennett Young. And this is from his Ode to the Road. It's a YouTube video that he has that we'll link to. Um, Ode to the Road 2019, just to give you guys a flavor. Time. The only thing in life we can't get back. Moments that have come and gone live on as photographs in our memories. We take wrong turns, but find our way back home. The choices we make all work out in the end. But what we can't get back? Time. That's really true. It's absolutely true. Yeah. And there's some of his amazing video and photography work is in the in the video. So check that out. We'll, we'll link to that. And then you're going to love his kind of t- tales and different things that he shares about life on the road and how he really became a photographer and made it part of his business in the last few years. And his Instagram page is at Bennett Young. We'll link to that as well. And just lots of great stuff to look at and lots of inspiration for your getaways. I loved listening to it for two different reasons. One, professionally, as a blogger, I'm constantly taking pictures and how I could make those better and how I could look at my rooms, my spaces outdoors and see them more as a true photographer. And then also as a mom and taking pictures as we're at our getaways, at our cabin on the lake that are going to enrich those memories by having these wonderful photographs of our time there. So I think our listeners are really going to love that part too. Yeah, it's so like fleeting. We spend this time, you enjoy it so much and you're just trying to capture a little piece of it. Something, you know, it may only just, it may be just a wistful smile that it brings back to you when you think of these days or that special day. And if you can capture it, it, it takes work. My wife, Sam is really fantastic at taking the time to capture and I'm not always the most patient about it. I'm not always the most patient in general. She'll attest to. <laughs> but she takes the time to capture those moments, whether it's one of my little guys riding on my dad's lap as we ride around in the pontoon boat, right? Yeah. And it it's just a moment. 
it is a special thing. It's like, oh, it's cool. They're bonding. But two years later, when you see that photo and you flip through it, it evokes like this totally different feeling. Right. It's like more intense and it becomes something that not only will I treasure, my parents will treasure that and my kids will treasure that. And like their kids will look back at those type of photos and have, it's just an insight into like what their parents' life was or the grandparents' life. It's really, I mean, thank God for photographs. Yeah. I know every Christmas when we um, have gone to our getaway, we have put the pictures and videos into a video. So for 15 years, and the first thing the kids want to do when we get there every year is watch all the videos from the past. They never get tired of it. They just love looking at all those pictures and, and reliving it. It's it's so special. If you're one of those people out there that has tons of old photos and especially old video on cassette tapes and things, really think hard about sending them to some of those companies. I This isn't an ad. I don't even know any of the companies off the top of my head. But there's companies out there that you can digitize your old cassettes and old videos and even photographs where you digitize them so that they can be shared and they don't get lost and, you know, if the roof leaks on a box or, you know, that something happens at the cabin where all those memories are, if you can take the time and, and take the energy to save those. Or if you have more kids, like multiple kids that want to share them and have, I mean, you want a good idea for a gift or a birthday gift or anything, take all your old memories and in, especially from places in your getaways when people are kids and give that to them on a flash drive. It's something they will treasure forever. And there's so many easy ways to blow photos up, turn them into black and white, put them on canvas, on wood, make them into coasters. There's so many great gift ways to do things that don't take a lot of time and a lot of money. Um, I know I've taken photos and made a whole gallery wall in the basement of our cabin with pictures of the kids on the lake. And it's so fun to look at and have them in different sizes. And I've done a wall where I took photos and turned them all black and white and made them almost like a wallpaper. The whole wall is just photos in black and white of the kids over the years. And it just looks like the wall is a wallpaper of pictures. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it didn't take much work and it didn't cost a lot of money. And it's just fun. We we moved into our house at the right at the beginning of summer and summer is such a busy time for us. And with our kids age, it's like we, my wife and I were talking the other night about how it's like, when can you get something done? Our kids get up so early right? and you're so tired at the end of the day. At, you know, they're so little that it's like you're stealing time from sleep to, to accomplish things. So for, uh, I think it may be five months. We had these beautiful barnwood picture frames up with the stock photos in them. Yeah. So it was like other people's kids, right, <laughs> up on our wall. And finally, my sister-in-law got so tired of seeing them that she had photos printed out. I don't even know if it was the right size. And she just, like, taped them in front of, like, our kids. Just like, get this done. This looks ridiculous. People look at them like, oh, oh, that's not this family at all. This is really strange. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell your kids that was, you know, Cousin Lou and Cousin oh, Mark. Yeah, or, like, yeah. Just make them think they're part yeah, of the family. they don't come around anymore, but Absolutely. That that made me think of a funny picture story. My so the best photos that you can really catch of people are when they're on the tube. Yeah. And every Labor Day when my family gets together at the lake is the 
almost the only time I tube in the whole summer and my sister will get on with me <laughs> just for our children's and husband's entertainment. And the pictures we have of my sister and I on the tube, our, our faces, our hair. And a couple Thanksgivings ago, my husband blew up a picture of my sister on the tube and we go to her house for Thanksgiving and he put it in a frame, you know, like a, it was a, probably a five by seven frame. And he just set it in the living room on the side table, just kind of amongst all the other pictures. And one, like a day later, we just heard this squeal when she finally <laughs> noticed that that picture of her tubing was amongst all the other family pictures because it's really not the most flattering picture. Well, you get that windblown look. That, right. You know, like they always get in the perfume commercials. Right. Maybe I'll have to ask my sister if I can link it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. See, she'll, we'll for the world that to on see. Instagram. Yeah. But anyway, so if you need a, a good idea of when to take some good moment pictures, it's while they're tubing. Yeah, I love the now and then pictures. Yeah. We have some great ones that maybe I'll have to dig up and share of, I think we're on the back of our pontoon boat when we were little and my sister is just squeezing us towards her in a hug. Yeah. And, and like my, my brother's just like pulling away and she's holding him tight. And then we recreated that photo later. You know, years I love later. that idea. Yeah. It was really great. Or if every 4th of July your family gets together, start don't regret the times you haven't done it. Just start now yeah. and take one every year with whoever's there and watch them grow. Yeah. There's so many fun stories or um, photo ideas to the, share. The other thing is if you're the, like the initial owner and your cabin has a lot of history, it's actually a really great like, selling tool for the cabin. Say it's been in your family for years and it's time to sell the cabin if you save some of your most memorable photos and just make a photo album to leave out of all the fun that you, your family has had in the history as part of the cabin, and then just put a little note on it that says, this stays with the cabin, you know, here's some memories yeah, of all the time. It, it's such a nice starter for the next people that take it over. We have kind of our lodge. It's, it's a kind of a hunting spot out where we build our barnwood furniture, and they left us a couple of their framed pictures and uh, just like a loose picture of the original owner who built the milk barn out there. And it's kind of cool to have. I mean, everybody talks about it. You look at it and it's just a little piece of history. It's not like a deep part of history, but it it's meaningful. It is. Well, and, and also remember to take pictures of the inside of your getaway too. Because I know as a kid growing up when you had to wait a week to get photos back on a roll of film... You know, we didn't have the photos like we do now. Right. Um, and I'm so curious about some of the spaces that I remember and places we stayed or homes that we lived in. And does it really look like my memory or not? Oh, yeah. Just matching so, it up. Or is your memory built from the photos that you've seen? Right. Which way is it? Yeah. So make sure to take some, you know, we tend to sometimes crop a lot of pictures, but leave a lot of that background in, too, to see what it looks like. Great idea. So, and the other thing I always think about, too, because I do love to take lots of pictures, is I have to sometimes be careful to not always be trying to take pictures and live in the moment, too. Yes. So. Um, and that is a back and forth. It's a pull. Yeah. Or make sure mom gets in the picture, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually one of the, there's, I think Sam sent me an article one time that was like, one of the best things you can do for your wife is to make sure she gets in the photos, too, sometimes, so right. that your children don't grow up thinking, like, Mom was never around. Seriously. <laughs> it's like she's always the one behind the camera. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
So that would be good too. But lots of lots of great things come out of this interview with Bennett that are going to be fun for people to hear. Yeah, there's some great great tips, great tech tips and equipment things, and he sure has built an amazing following in a short few years because of the quality of his work. And I'm excited to hear what kind of stories it it lets people share with us. Um, it's fun because we do keep getting emails and messages on Instagram of stories of people and what they love about their cabins. And I got this one from Nikki. And Nikki is an Instagrammer at plaid underscore and underscore pansies, plaid and pansies. And this is the history of the Chateauio. Ooh, that's a cool name. I know. It's so fun to hear the names of these cabins. My husband and I camped around the sundry Alberta, Canada area for over 10 years before we were fortunate enough to purchase a log cabin in the woods from an elderly couple that needed to sell. We lovingly call our cabin the Chateau We Owe because we are going to owe the bank for a long time. <laughs> this name might become popular. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, buying the cabin was the best investment that we have ever made. We usually spend over 100 nights a year in our wooden oasis that borders the foothills of the Rocky Mountains in central Alberta. The logs of our cabin are right from the forest northwest of us. Our cabin was built in 1998 and was intended for a lake lot, but when that fell through, it was placed on the property it sits on now. We feel blessed that we get to call the Chateau we owe our home away from home. We spend time playing games, walking our two great Pyrenees, River and Memphis, having fires down by the river, quadding, gazing at the stars, sitting at the hot tub, entertaining our friends pre-COVID, and slowing down. Nikki, I love following your cabin stories on Instagram and hearing it here in this letter. So thanks for sending that. Yeah, I love this community of people that are sharing these things. And that Chateau we owe. Isn't that great? It's perfect. Yeah, and just what a great getaway it is to, you know, go away where you play games and walk your dogs and sit by the fire and um, do all the things that we cabin people love to do. Yeah, it's so interesting when people, like you can travel all over and check out different spots. And Bennett will talk a lot about the different places he visits and his favorite area that he visits. But it's also really cool to hear stories about people that fall so in love with one particular area that it becomes like part of their heart. And they go back to the point where they like, we need a place here that's more permanent. We've been here coming up here, coming up here. It's part of our life. It's a tradition at this point. And now we want to make it like a permanent thing. That's really, really neat. That is so true. The Great Pyramid of Giza, Colossus of Rhodes, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, and Roughing It in Style. All of these equal in history and magnitude, but only one you can visit now. You see, Roughing It in Style may not be ancient, but it's the only wonder that will bring wonder to your world. Roughing It in Style is your source for interior design, furniture, reclaimed cabinets, and decor. They have two stores, one out west in Fort Collins, Colorado, and one up north in Harshaw, Wisconsin, 10 miles south of Manaqua. Plan your visit today and find out more at roughingitinstyle.com. What was that? The pyramid's still around? Why didn't anyone tell me? <clears throat> Roughing It in Style, a much better place for your furnishing needs than the Great Pyramid of Giza. Yeah, so kind of without further ado, here is our interview with Bennett Young. 
All right. Today we'd like to welcome Bennett Young to the Cabin Cast. Bennett Young is a Wisconsin-based photographer whose work is characterized by moments on the road and unique stays along the way. Venturing around the world, his photos strive to tell the story of adventure. His clients include Honda, Maker's Mark, Huckberry, GoDaddy, and Adobe Creative Cloud, as well as many more. Welcome, Bennett. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Glad to have you along, Bennett. This is great. I've been following you on Instagram for a long time, so it's really fun to get to talk to you in person. I've admired your work. Yeah, for sure. If anyone wants to pull up Bennett's page while they're listening, your Instagram handle is Bennett underscore young, correct? Yep. Yeah, awesome. Just some great, great photos on there. I think everybody will know in about a second why we chose you as a guest on the cabin cast, because your cabin photography is beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. So, Bennett, where where did you grow up? You Did you grow up in Wisconsin then? Yeah, I grew up in Appleton, Wisconsin, um, and I'm still here. And how did you get into photography? Has it been a passion of yours your whole life? As a kid, you got into it, or how did you get into the photography? Yeah, so um, it was actually, I got into photography senior year of high school. Um, I think there was a period of time when I was, senior that year um where i was kind of always searching around on the internet for just like really cool photography and i was really fascinated by it um especially by the uh national geographic uh like photography contest that they do and they have like a whole kind of archive of all these photos um and that kind of was like the breaking point where i decided to go get a camera what was your first camera Oh, it was a Canon T3. I got it um, on Black Friday uh, like for a deal at Best Buy. I like waited outside super long. Oh, that's a special one then. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So the, then how, then what did you do next? Did you start taking classes or did you kind of just teach yourself along the way? Yeah, I, I taught myself completely. Um, so what happened was I kind of just began to mess around with it. Um, I just kind of, I was really into like long exposure stuff for a while. Um, and I would always kind of go around my city in Appleton and just photograph different, different things. Um, and then what happened was I, I played baseball um, and I tore my ACL my senior year right at the start of our season. And so for the rest of that whole summer and spring, um, I just, devoted that to taking photos and then it kind of went from there very cool what is what is long exposure photography what did that mean yeah so long exposure would be when the light is too uh dim to kind of get everything in there um and so what happens is you have to open the shutter in the camera um for a longer period of time and what happens with that is you need a tripod. Um, and so it might be taking a picture for, you know, up to one to say 30 seconds. And so what I would do is I would do that and take night photography around like the rivers. Um, and then when you do that, it gives a really cool kind of um, effect with the water. If you're around a uh, water or moving cars where it's, it gets really smooth and gives this kind of cool um, 
effect you can't get just with your unaided eye. And so I always found that really cool. And then how how does this turn into a career then? So you're playing around with your camera, you're learning different techniques and kind of developing your personal style. And what was that turning point where it became a career path? Well, I mean, it only like pretty recently in the last like two years has this been cemented into my career path that it's only been the last few years where I've realized that like this will definitely always be a big part of what I do for like the rest of my life. Um, but there's definitely a lot of steps along the way as well to get, to get here. Was it more like amateur developing a following of people on your, with your photos and then like a slow, or did you just kind of flip a switch and say, okay, now I can do this full time. How did, how did that work? Yeah. So, it was kind of like a slow burn. What happened was it took me a little bit to find out kind of my niche. Um, and I began, the idea was to capture like Wisconsin in a really beautiful way um, because I've always felt that it's pretty underrated around this area. And so I just started traveling to like the state parks around the area. Um, and I would just keep, I would just began posting all my work to Instagram. Um, and then I'm trying to remember what my first cabin was. I believe it was when I went to Camp Wanda Wagon, Elkhorn. And I photographed their treehouse and some of their other cabins. And I posted those on Instagram as well. And what happened was um, they kind of, a few of them like kind of got like triple the engagement of any of my other photos. And I was kind of like blown away by that. Um, and so I kind of just, started to dig a little deeper into like the cabins that were available around here um because i was kind of really fascinated with like what what was going on at camp Wandawaga and how i never knew about it and apparently not a lot of other people did either um and so it just kind of took off from there and i just kept photographing cabins i kept you know gaining a following because people seemed to be interested in that and then it kind of took me all the way to where I am today. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's a great spot to uh, start your cabin career at, too. I, I love that place. Yeah, another great Instagram follow. Yeah. So, I mean, your ability to capture the essence of cabin living is really amazing. What do you look for in a shot or a space to create that feeling? Because when you, you know, you scroll through cabins that you've shot and that you visited, these aren't, you know, giant mansions in a lot of cases, but you're really capturing this essence of, you know, peace and relaxation. What do you look for in a shot, like when you walk into a cabin? Yeah. So, well, first off, um, I always use like a really wide angle lens. Um, right now I use a 20 millimeter to photograph the insides, the interiors especially. Um, and so that kind of really, you're able to really capture a lot in that frame. And kind of all the uh, little little areas within, um, and I especially try to concentrate on light. Um, so something that I try to always capture is the cabinet blue hour, because what happens is there's a period right after the sunset um, where the light on the inside is sort of the same. Um, brightness as the outside and so you can capture it kind of evenly where you get this nice um nice exposure on the inside but you can also get through a view of through the windows on the outside um and it just kind of 
it gives like a really nice kind of vibe to it. Very cool. Eric and I are over here taking notes because we both um, have a passion for making cabins look beautiful through photography. So this is this is great. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. You're inspiring for sure. What are some of the favorite places that you've traveled to and photographed? Because you have been all over and I've seen your wish list too of where you want to go. So what's been the favorite so far? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Are you asking like specifically what cabins have been my favorite or area? Like Share both. What areas and... Okay. Um, it's always hard for me to pick a cabin. I don't think I can ever pick a cabin just because, uh, I mean, uh, they're all just so awesome. Yeah. And um, a lot of these owners too, like they like pour their heart out into these cabins. I could never say that one's better than the other. Um, but I will say that um, I do love cabins that are along water or like the coast, especially anything coastal. Um, I'm just in love with, I would say like the, the West coast, the Pacific Northwest is, is for sure my favorite area to travel to. I mean, that's, that's like a very cliche answer. Like in the Instagram world, it's always like the Pacific Northwest, you know? <laughs> um, but I just like love it out there because it's just, you have where the forest meets the ocean and I just can't get enough of that. Had you ever been out there before you started uh, photographing cabins or is that what led you there? I have not. Um, that was actually a big start. Um, so I, I started, I began photographing cabins in Wisconsin a little bit. Um, and then I graduated. There was kind of a time in between where I was photographing um, like sports in high school. And then I went to college and then kind of senior year of college was when I began getting into this whole uh, the cabin genre. And when I graduated college, I, we went um, on, a, on a really long road trip from Seattle to San Francisco and back. And that was the first time I had been to the Pacific Northwest. Um, and we stayed in cabins all along the coast there. And so that was kind of my first taste. Well, it's beautiful. I mean, I can get lost in your photos. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Did the cabin photos then led to working with some of these bigger companies? Because, I mean, like I said before, you definitely capture an essence, and that essence has dovetailed really well with Maker's Mark and Huckberry. And, I mean, even your, your Honda shots are really fantastic, the way you put that commercial together. Talk a little bit about working with some of these bigger companies and you know, what that means to you and how you approach shooting for a big company or a commercial shoot versus, you know, an Airbnb cabin and where it's probably a little more personal and intimate. So it was really important to me, like kind of setting out on this journey, how I was going to, going to brand myself um, because I, I wanted to, wanted it always to be something that I enjoy doing and I wanted to attract brands that would align with that. Um, I kind of have a hard time uh, like setting out and then photographing a brand that, that doesn't kind of align with that lifestyle. Um, and so I kind of wanted that to be organic um, looking towards the future. And it's kind of, it, it has totally like worked out in a way um, because when, when working with brands like Maker's Mark, um, that's something you might do just 
either way when you're at a cabin and maybe sip on a glass of whiskey. Um, and so I always was thinking about when I'm taking photos, if this is for a client, how would this fit in with the client's branding and the brand, the, the client's message? Um, and yeah, it's, it's really gotten a lot of, it's really opened a lot of opportunities for me to work with companies that I, I really just like whether I've worked with them or not. So what, what kind of tips when you have the average person that just wants to capture a little bit, you know, whether they have an iPhone or a, a nicer camera, how, what kind of tips do you have for the average photographer just kind of bumming around their cabin or cottage just to capture that? Yeah. I, I think it's like very important that something like photography always comes from like your own, your own motivation and your own like inspiration um, I have people ask me sometimes, like, you know, how do I become a photographer? Like, I want to be, like, how do I become a photographer like like you are or, like, what you're pursuing? And it's, like, in my opinion, I think you should always just kind of naturally be looking for that if that's what you like. So when you're taking photos, you shouldn't try to, like, essentially be something you're not. You should photograph things that you like. Um, and you should photograph things for yourself starting out, especially you shouldn't uh, worry about how it stands up compared to the rest. And sometimes it's hard. Um, but I think it's really important to try to capture the own, your own vision that's in your head rather than copy other people's vision. Yeah. It's like when they talk about writing, don't try, you can learn tips and tricks from some of the, different writers out there or authors that you love, but you need to develop your own voice. And I mean, it, that that's a great tip for photography. Yeah, definitely. When you work with the big brands, how much uh, creative input did you get to have? Did they kind of map it out for you or did you get to have some of that um, creative input that you were just even talking about? Yeah. So that's kind of what, what's, really fun about what I do and what I love about it so much is that the companies kind of will see the direction I'm going in and they want that direction. They just want the way I do it. Um, and so I get, I usually get almost all like full creative direction when I'm doing that, you know, um, that's kind of one of the things that I really love because it's hard to kind of manufacture something that isn't your own vision. Right. Some of your exterior shots are amazing too. Are you using a drone for those? Yeah, some of them. Yeah, that, that's pretty yeah, I cool. I wasn't sure if you were flying above in an airplane or if you were using a drone or how you were getting those amazing aerial shots. Yeah, just a drone. What about your landscapes? And I mean, you have a variety. You do landscapes, you do people, you do the cabins, exteriors, interiors. You do a lot of different um, styles of photography and it's still flows together. I mean, if people look at your work on Instagram, they can get a great visual right away just looking at all those photos. Do you have a favorite style of photography that you do or? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's always kind of changing and progressing the way um, I think what I want to, what I want to capture. Um, lately, it's been a lot about telling stories about people doing like really cool things around Wisconsin it doesn't really necessarily involve like the cabins, the what you might see on my Instagram, but with the cabins and pertaining to, you know, 
Instagram, I would just say that, you know, I think my favorite style just is based on the area I'm in. Um, and so it kind of depends. Like in Oregon, for example, I always love to to uh, get those drone shots because it's always like a low-lying fog. Um, and yeah, I think it all depends on the mood in the area. Makes perfect sense. What are the hardest shots to take? I mean, interior shots in general can be pretty tricky um, just because there's a there's a big difference in how bright it is outside versus how dim it is inside that you might not pick up with just with like your eyes but within the camera there's a big uneven there's there's a lot of uneven light going on there and so i would say just interior shots in general it really is important to know what time of day and like where the light's coming from to get those shots well and cabins are so dark inside i know i find that with my cabin it makes it really hard for me to get good interior shots Definitely. Did you spend a lot of time at cabins just growing up? Do you have like the, when you think of your cabin travels and things or growing up at the lake, is there a place that you used to visit in Wisconsin? Yeah. I mean, my family personally doesn't have a cabin, but I've had friends. I have friends with cabins and I've been going up north from Appleton, you know, since I was a little kid and I've always been kind of, I've always spent time on lakes and, and had that experience and loved it. And I think that's part of what kind of has brought me here too, because I realized like this kind of culture we have um, within Wisconsin where everyone kind of goes to the lake on the weekends and there's just like endless options of where you might want to live on the lake and and what you might want to do. And so, yeah, that's definitely been a part of me growing up and is really excited me about Wisconsin. What are your favorite activities? What do you like to You're a fisherman, an ice fisherman. What do you like to do? <laughs> um, I do fish a little bit. I kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, but I mostly just love uh, being in the water, just like swimming or at the sandbar or, or whatever it may be. I love, uh, I love just swimming around in lakes. It's just the best feeling. What about taking shots in the winter? I'm looking at your Photos you did of Eagle River, which is a city up here in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, and you're doing some pictures of snowshoeing, and do your hands start to freeze and you have to take longer, or what's that like in winter when you're doing shots? It's usually not that big of a deal. I do love actually photographing things in the winter just because I just love the look of snow. Um, But yeah, for the most part, it's not really much different. I would assume you kind of get lost in the moment, too, of what you're doing and your passion for it. Right. Yeah. You don't even feel the cold. So what does your perfect cabin day look like when when you start off, wake up in the morning at one of these cabins or trips that you've taken? What what is a perfect day to you from beginning to end? Honestly, I would just say the the days that I get to kind of relax and stay at a cabin like a little bit longer term are like the perfect days for me. Um, The reason I say that is because when I go on trips, a lot of times these are are just one night uh, stays. And so I will plan, say, like three or four cabins back to back. And we'll, you know, get to one, uh, spend the evening there. We will wake up and then kind of move out and get to our next place. And we're kind of jumping from one to another. 
Um, but I do get opportunities from time to time to just chill for two or three nights. And those are always the best because it's not like a big rush. Um, and it's always nice to kind of get an opportunity to step back and like take it all in. Um, cause a lot of times it's really fast paced. I'm trying to get as much content as I can. So it's more, it's more work on those one day shoots and less relaxed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, work is, you know, I would, I wouldn't consider work, you know, as much. Yeah. <laughs> Lowercase W. Yeah, definitely. Because I was curious if you get to stay in the cabins that you're taking photos of, or if you just show up, take the pictures and head out. Up until this year, I've always stayed at them. Um, the past couple trips I've arranged where I'm just doing a shoot there. And then for that, you know, our period of time, I just take photos for them. And then I'm, I'm out between, you know, checking and check or checking and check out time. Um, but that's a pretty new thing. So we have a, a ton of different followers from all over the country that have cabins, cottages, lake places, or just, you know, getaways or Airbnbs, um, those type of things. Well, can you describe kind of just, you know, what you do if they'd be interested in talking to you about doing a shoot at their cabin or their getaway? Yeah. So what I do is um, there's a lot of, there's rental properties that pop up all over the country. Um, And like I said, a lot of these owners like really pour their heart into, into these cabins, making them look amazing um, and kind of promoting them to share these experiences of these places with the rest. And a lot of times you'll see them on Instagram or or wherever it may be. And um, for whatever reason on social media, the kind of cabin genre gets picked up by people very fast. Um, Everyone is really interested in new cabins that are popping up wherever they might be. And so what I do is I create content um, for these cabins to post along with doing promoted posts on my own page to kind of drive followers to them. Um, and it, it works out like really amazing actually. So they, they would just touch base, like go to your website and then get your contact details. And then you kind of have like a program or a process that you go through to see if it's a good fit for them. And for yeah, you. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Either that or, uh, you can always, I do a lot of communicating through messages on Instagram too. Fantastic. I think you have, you're pretty active on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. I mean, we got some great knowledge on photography and about what you do. And we really recommend that everybody goes and checks out his website, Bennett's website and page. And we really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you for having me. It's been great talking to you. Yeah. You guys too. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the CabinCast. You can find details and more information in the show notes on our website at www.thecabincast.com. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you won't miss a single episode. Follow us on your favorite social media channels. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The CabinCast. We'd also love to hear from you. We want to hear your getaway and cabin stories. For a chance to have your story featured on an upcoming episode, email us at getaway at thecabincast.com. Until next week, enjoy the journey.